everybody, and welcome to episode 79 of Metallicast, the Metallica podcast. I'm your host and fellow Metallica fan. My name is Brandon. On this episode, I'm going in a bit of a different direction. I'm talking about all the times Metallica went a little bit country. Yeehaw! In the background right now, you are hearing a group called Iron Horse, who did a bluegrass tribute to Metallica. I remember seeing the Big Four at Yankee Stadium. Metallica ends their set. We are leaving the stadium, and they are playing a bluegrass tribute to Metallica. It was a really funny and fun way to end what was a great night of metal. And obviously Metallica is, shocker, spoiler alert, a metal band. They are not a country western band, but they are a band that have experimented with country. And that can mainly be contributed, I think, to none other than Papa Head himself, James Hetfield. Sleep with one eye open Gripping your pillow tight I think the relationship between Metallica and country and western music can be traced back to the late 1980s when James Hetfield met Waylon Jennings. Now, for anybody listening who does not know who Waylon Jennings is, he is one of the pioneers of the country music outlaw movement. He is up there with the likes of Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash. In fact, in the 1980s, he was part of a supergroup called the Highwaymen that was made up of Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson, and himself. Uh, so it was all like the most legendary country music outlaws. And if any of you had the pleasure of seeing Lollapalooza 1996 that Metallica headlined, you might have caught one of the dates that Will and Jennings also performed on. So the reason I say the story begins in the 1980s is because that is when Hatfield and Jennings meet. The story is they were set up to interview each other for a college radio station. The premise being it would be outlaw interviewing outlaw, except it would be Hatfield and Jennings. So obviously different musical generations, different musical genres. And I guess the two just had a good laugh about the media hyping up their, quote, outlaw personas. And this is a quote that James Hatfield gave to Country Weekly about his friendship with Waylon Jennings. Uh, the interview is from 2003, and Waylon Jennings had passed several months before in February 2002. The quote is, my dad was a big fan of Waylon. When we were doing that interview, I brought my Waylon CDs for him to sign for my dad. Waylon brought his son Shooter's Metallica CDs for me to sign for him. It was a pretty cool kind of father-son crossing there. Now, just a side note, if the name Shooter Jennings is familiar to you, 
that is probably because he's also a very successful musician and producer in his own right who has crossed over into mellow and rock multiple times uh the one of the more recent collaborations he did in the metal world was he produced the last studio album from marilyn manson james continued to tell country weekly during that time my dad was ill and whalen actually called him a couple of times and they got to chat that opened my eyes to a whole other side of the influence of your inspiration it's beyond music you're touching souls that phone call meant so much to me and my dad and country western is a style of music that james hatfield would get into and i think discover later in life through his father an artist like Waylon jennings topped the list for him in many ways so now it is the mid 1990s Waylon jennings and james hatfield are friends and they are inspiring each other musically there is a article from MTV News in 1996 about Will and Jennings digging Metallica and Nine Inch Nails. It is by Gil Kaufman and it says, Perhaps the oddest booking in the history of Lollapalooza is outlaw country star Will and Jennings, who is on the bill at the assistance of Metallica's James Hetfield. Hell, they had me on the tour before I even knew about it, laughs Jennings, who was old enough to be Hetfield's father, if not grandfather, and wise enough to know that what's good for the goose, Johnny Cash, is good for the gander. Before I even agreed to it, they were advertising my name. That's how I found out. They're kind of loose on that damn thing. Jennings has happened to be easing into one of those periodic upcycles right now. He's got a new aptly titled record right for the time, but the same old attitude. I've been riding a lot lately, says Jennings, from a stop on what has been the never-ending road for him. There's nothing that feels better than writing a good song. Hillbillies and country songwriters always think every song they write might be the bottom of the barrel. If you're on the road writing and you've gone two weeks without writing or without any ideas, you think, that's it, you've probably talked yourself out of a lot of good songs, he says as if he knows that feeling all too well. Sounding more like a reborn Tony Bennett than the man whose nasty tale of staring down a sleeping stranger inspired Hetfield to write the song Wasting My Hate. Jennings has a surprisingly lively rotation on a CD player these days. You'd be surprised at the music that I listen to that gets me going, he says in his cracked drawl. Lately, I've really been getting into the rhythms of Nine Inch Nails. I think Paul Simon writes that way too. Rhythms really get to me and that's what inspires me. Of course, Jennings says... He'll occasionally go back and listen to the odd J.J. Kale record, too. But what it comes down to is the groove, whether it's Metallica and Manavani. Good day, how do I send a smile to you? Don't waste, waste your breath.
So Metallica and Waylon Jennings are mutual inspirations for each other. Waylon Jennings can find inspiration in the groove and the rhythms, especially of Metallica. Now the two are on Lollapalooza 1996 together because James Hetfield wants Waylon Jennings on that tour. Now, it is also around this time that Metallica starts bringing, specifically James Hetfield starts bringing some of his country music influence into the music of Metallica. And the Load, Reload, Garage, and Gara best captures this. I think the most obvious track is Mama Said, which I'll get to in a moment. But the article mentions Wasting My Hate. And while this might not seem overly country influenced, even though I can hear an influence from the old outlaws, lyrically, and even a little bit musically, the song title was a direct inspiration from Will and Jennings. The story goes, and it changes depending on what exactly you read, but the gist of the story is Waylon was vacationing in Jamaica, and he was sitting at a bar, and one of the locals just kept staring at him, and he got so pissed off that he went outside, confronted the guy, and he was fast asleep. And he realized that he was angry for no reason. And he said to James he was wasting his hate on him. That phrase, waste my hate, stood out to James and he went and wrote the lyrics to this song. an open book don't close it for it's done the brightest flame runs quickest it's what I heard to see a son's heart told to mother but I was find my way let my heart go Now, as I already mentioned, perhaps the most obvious track from the Load era that brings in the country western influence is off the Load album itself, and that is the ballad Mama Said. Even the music video has a very country western feel. James Hatfield has a cowboy shirt, cowboy hat. He's sitting in the back of a car with the acoustic guitar. The only time you see the other members is sort of walking by in the background briefly. If memory serves me correctly, there might even be like cactus and tumbleweed, even though I could be imagining that it has been a while since I've seen the music video. But the influence is extremely 
apparent and it is instantly recognizable as a country rock hybrid. And I always thought that, you know, I am a fan of old school country like Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, and uh, several others. But I've never really been a big fan of more modern day country, generally speaking. And, you know, a handful of years after Mama Said comes out in 1996, we see rock artists like Kid Rock, Bon Jovi cross over into country western. And I always thought if Metallica really wanted to, and the timing of this song being released was a little bit later, I truly think that they could have had a crossover hit with this one. I think it is a really great track. I'm, you know, I when I hear Bon Jovi country, I'm not a Bon Jovi fan, first and foremost, so I'm probably not the best judge. But it sounds like overproduced, super polished Bon Jovi pop songs, just maybe with like a mandolin. Um, <laughs> and I mean, this song definitely sounds like Metallica, but it has a more traditional, less produced country western feel to it and i think if the timing of it was a little bit later metallica could have found themselves with their first ever crossover hit I'm not saying that would have been a great thing for the band and the hardcore metalheads that follow them but hey you know they would find other ways to piss them off down the road anyways like working with lou reed and releasing saint anger and god knows what else so um I just always thought that this was a great song. And while I'm not a f- generally a fan of metal and rock bands trying to do country, obviously I'm a biased Metallica fan, but I thought they did it really well because it still is a perfect mix of a Metallica ballad just bringing in some influence, whether it's the country twang or the slide guitars or some of the instrumentation. I just think they do it really well because they do it their own way and it comes across very natural. It's that it comes across as something that they wanted to do and like they're not not like they're chasing a trend of some sort. And I'm not saying that was the case with the other bands that did crossover, but well, I guess I kind of am saying that at the same time. So let this heart be I think there are several examples across Load, Reload, Garage Inc. that have a country western influence to it. But I think the bulk of those tracks are on the Load album. When you look at a song like Poor Twisted Me, it has a little bit of that twangy country edge. Or a song like Ronnie has sort of that bluesy country uh, southern rock feel to it and when James Hatfield gets to the middle the spoken word part which is something he has done several times since then well, all the green things die when Ronnie moved to this place he said don't you dare ask why I'm cursed to wear this face now you all know why the children call him Ronnie Frown when he pulled that gun from his pocket and they all fall down 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 right 
all that is like straight up old school country western Johnny Cash all the way. So you see this influence sprinkling through even the Unforgiven Two. It has those twangy country guitars sprinkled throughout. The influence is throughout these three records. Garage Inc. Tuesday's Gone has that acoustic, twangy, southern rock feel of Leonard Skinner, right? That Metallica is able to capture along with all their rowdy friends. But perhaps the most country western, in fact, not perhaps, definitely the most country western moment that James Hatfield would ever do musically was not a Metallica track. It was his one and only solo track. I'm for law and order the way that it should be. The songs about the night that's been protecting you from me. Magazine. You and me 
That was a live version of James Hetfield's covering Don't You Think This Outlaw Bit Is Done Got Out of Hand, a song that he recorded solo for a Waylon Jennings tribute album. This is an article taken from Metallica.com that was posted on October 4th, 2002. It says, James Hetfield has recently completed work on a contribution for the forthcoming Will and Jennings tribute album to be released in February of 2003 by RCA Records. The track he chose, How Don't You Think This Outlaw Bits Done Got Out of Hand, comes from Jennings' September 1978 release, I Have Always Been Crazy. The process was unique for James as he not only sang but played all the instruments on the track. The song was produced by Bob Rock at the Metallica HQ in San Francisco. I'm going to skip ahead in the article a little bit. And this is a quote from James. He says, I am extremely grateful to be a part of this project, to be able to put my stamp, my outlaw stamp on the music that he has created. Now, the live version is from a special that aired on CMT Country Music Television called CMT Outlaws. And it featured all country artists, Kid Rock, and James Hatfield. Now, it featured country artists perform their own songs. It featured uh, them covering songs. James Hatfield appeared and did two songs. He did this one, and he actually performed uh, an acoustic version of Mama Said with Waylon Jennings' wife, who is a very famous country singer in her own right, named Jessie Coulter. I have only read about this collaboration. I have never heard it. I have looked online for years to hear this duet I cannot find it anywhere it must have been recorded it must be in a vault somewhere Uh, the only thing that made it to the CMT broadcast was this Will and Jennings cover fun fact the live version also features Bob Rock on bass and James Taffield also appears at the end of the event Hank Williams Jr. does his song Family Tradition and everybody performs the show is on stage Hatfield admittedly does not look the most comfortable up there uh, without his guitar uh, among all these country stars and Kid Rock. But, you know, he does have a little couple lines at the beginning that he does solo and sings throughout the choruses and all that good stuff. If you want to check it out, it's 100% on YouTube. You can check it out on there and I'm sure elsewhere online at this point. Now, this is sort of the last example of Metallica or any other members of Metallica recording anything remotely country-western. You're not going to hear anything on Death Magnetic, Lulu, or Hardwired to Self-Destruct that has an obvious country influence, at least to my ears. But in live settings, the members of Metallica would tap in to some of those country influences, especially in the acoustic shows. They have re-envisioned a lot of old school songs to give it a little bit of that contra twang. Does that is that a, even a country accent? See, this is why I should not be recording episodes by myself. I try even dumber voices than I normally would talking to a guest. But I digress. Now, I think the best example of an old track being re-envisioned as a country western song has to be The Four Horsemen. 
The only other real example of Metallica attempting country western that I can find is on the Hardwired tour, Rob and Kirk every night started going out and do and did their little doodles as they call them. And they got to a point where they tried at least part of a new song every night that was unique to the country or city or state that they were in. And when they went to Nashville, Tennessee, they jammed a bit on a Loretta Lynn song. And I found an interesting interview with Kirk Hammett where he talks about doing the doodles. The interview is with Cosmo Music, and he talks about how Loretta Lynn was in attendance, saw the country cover, and, uh, well, I'm going to play the interview, but she gives her feedback to one Mr. Kirk Hammett. You know it's all been planned, quartet of deliverance right. It's 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 got to be such a you know uh, a fun sort of distraction yeah. or or a little side you yeah. know thing for on the show. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And the crazy thing is, we never really know what the the the, uh, the response is going to be because you have to understand we're going into a country, we're picking like some song that's seemingly random and abstract to us right and we're learning this song that we've never heard before from this yeah. artist that we've never heard before and we're taking a chance of playing it in a stadium in front of 60,000 people and we're hoping that we made the right choice <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, and the last like I would say three legs we've we've, we've been it. hitting it out of the park but you know before that there was a, there was some growing pains, and there, there have been a few times when we've we've gone to, into a place and picked the wrong song and played, and people are going, huh? Which which, which one? <laughs> well, you know, it's just like you know, uh, it, it's more so uh, the, the case in places like the states. You know, we'll we'll go into a place like Minneapolis and we'll play a song by an obscure punk band called the Zero Boys, mm-hmm. you know, because we think they're cool, mm-hmm. Rob and I. And we don't want to, you know, play any other any of the other Minneapolis options that we have, like freaking uh, uh, blister in the sun or something crazy like that. That drives me crazy. But you know, we went out there, we played this uh, Zero Boy song, we played the hell out of it, and it was really cool. But we looked out in the audience, they were just like, "Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But you know the thing is, and I always, uh, Rob and I always tell each other that if we pick a song and people don't recognize it, it's not the end of the world as long as we play it well, right? And are entertaining in, in the way we play it. Yes. So I mean, we have that to fall back on. Awesome. Thank God. Oh, yeah. maybe you're even introducing people to something they haven't exactly. heard before. Right? Oh, so I, 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 absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we played a Johnny Holiday song in Paris, and oh my God. I mean, we, we had the, the whole stadium singing, because Johnny Holiday, who's the biggest, he's like the Elvis of France, 
he had uh, died the year before. And so when we played that song, and it wasn't that long ago, it was only about three months ago, the entire stadium just was singing along with it. And afterwards, it made the, uh, made the news, <laughs> the evening news, <laughs> and they even interviewed Johnny Holiday's widow to see, you know, what she thought about oh, everything. Really? What did she think about it? She thought it was wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. Amazing. And that's the cool thing, you know, when you hear stuff like that coming back to you. Yeah. And you, you can tell that, you know, you kind of touch someone in a deeper way. That's really cool. Um, yeah. We were in, uh, in Nashville, and we played a Loretta Lynn song. We played this song, this one song, I'm talking about country in Nashville. A country song, you know? Yeah. I was like That's playing country licks, the whole thing. And it was it was pretty funny for me and Rob. It's a but little we'll, bit of a departure, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, when we played it, you know, people recognized it. Not everyone, but enough people. But the important thing is the next day, I got a message from Loretta Lynn, who said she was actually at the show oh, with man. her family <laughs> and so was so tickled <laughs> when we broke into her song. <laughs> That's awesome. And she said that, you know, she might, she might, you know, think about covering one of our songs sometimes. Oh. But in the meantime, we should do more of her songs. I know, this was a weird episode. Well, maybe not weird if you've been following Metallicast since the beginning because there were several old-school solo episodes like this. This one, I wanted to do something a little bit different in topic and in format, be a little creative, and just go back to some of my old-school solo episode roots where I used some clips and commentary along the way to help me out a bit now if you liked what you heard and hopefully you did and you're new to the podcast please download subscribe leave a positive five-star review on apple Podcasts. all that goes a long way in helping this podcast continue to grow on my quest for world domination give metallicast a follow on social media at metallicast pod on facebook twitter and instagram and if you liked the creeping death intro please support my favorite one-man band, Hector Castro, who makes up Bison out of the UK. Check out the links in the episode description and support the music of Bison. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, mill up your ass. Yeehaw! Fans, not experts.